Hello, hello. Welcome to the American Scouser podcast. Back again, hosting myself, Chris, here with the OG, Timuchin. How are you doing, dude? Uh, pretty good, sir. Pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Well, Monday, Monday, and uh, we got Chelsea coming up on Wednesday. Um, obviously, I think people are more concerned about uh, what will be happening. I think it's, Are they doing it before the game or after the game? I would hope after the game. Yeah. Because um, then that game will really go down the drain if we lift the trophy first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, um, it's going to be the day we lift the trophy, so a lot of heads will be uh, maybe a little bit distracted. Um, what are you thinking on on the team to mention? Do you think he'll change it up, or do you think you give the boys a kick up the ass and say, you need to go out there and... Uh, Put in a I performance would, to make up for. <laughs> I would hope for the first where we see more youth and changes, but I really think it's going to be the latter where we, yeah, it's more like a kick in the ass and kind of like go out and play like champions and then lift the trophy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been reading, I actually wanted to pick your brain on this too, because I mean, I find it like really obnoxious. Like, I mean, people literally discussing. Uh, the fact that, you know, maybe we should lose this game so United doesn't go to the Champions League and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and who gives a freaking damn? I mean, what are they going to do? Sign another Maguire with the money? I mean, they can do whatever the hell they want, you know? So, I mean, I would like us to kind of continue winning and keep this thing at, like, Anfield, even without fans, to keep that, like, like we, we talked about it last part. I mean, winning is something, is a habit, and not only that, I mean, there's something to be said about how invincible we looked throughout the season, and that affects how a player's, you know, approaches your game. When they come out, they're already expecting to lose, anything is icing on the cake. So once you score a goal, you kind of really break their, like, resolve. Yeah. Whereas if they come out, I mean, I think that's one of the things that probably, you know, United has suffered with over the recent years is when you go to Old Trafford, it's not like the old days where people were afraid to go there knowing they're going to do something and win this game. So you're already going there to lose. And that's <laughs> what Anfield has become over the last two seasons. Yeah. So you want to keep that going. So yeah, go out, win. So I think we, we do put out a good lineup um, and then, you know, go at Chelsea. And I mean, they have obviously a lot to play for, uh, but I'm hoping, you know, the uh, muscle memory of Anfield hopefully will get us across. Yeah, um, hopefully, yeah. And I, th- I think, I mean, a lot of the players are active on social media, so I'm sure they've seen the the distension from a lot of the fans. And um, and I mean, I, I know as professionals, they're, they're, they, they shouldn't be letting a lot of that outside stuff affect them, but I'm sure it does. Um, and I know they're all wanting to probably make amends for, for what it, you know, those last couple of results. So uh, I, I expect Chelsea to come out and have a go at us, which I think plays into our hands. Um, we play better against teams that, that try to come at us um, because we can pick them off, uh, you know, and, um, and, and sort of play our best game against that kind of thing. Whereas these teams that sit back and, and the banks of, of 4-4-2 are, are harder to break through. Uh, Chelsea will be coming to have a go because they want to get those points and get in, the, you know, secure that Champions League spot. Um, so I'm expecting a good game, and they give us a good game in the Super Cup. They, they give us a couple of good games in the, you know, um, before this one. So I'm expecting um, 
something. But um, speaking about sort of the players and everything else, um, young Curtis Jones um, announced today that he'll be wearing the number 17 next season. Um, that'll be interesting. Obviously, that's an homage to one of the greatest players that ever wore a Liverpool shirt, Ragnar Klavan. Um, <laughs> or is it Mohamed Sacco? Maybe it's Craig Bellamy. Um, Maxi Rodriguez. Um, Paul Ince. Paul Ince wore the 17. Um, no, um, Steve McManaman sort of famously wore it. And then the man himself, Steven Gerrard, it was, it was his second number. Um, but he wore it for four or five years before he got the number eight. So I think it's a little homage to him. Um, that's nice to see um, a, a Scouser carrying on sort of a little bit of the tradition. Maybe he'll get the number eight in the future. Who knows? You would think for the kid like that, that's probably the ultimate dream. I mean, I think he's a good, I mean, he's a huge talent. So I yeah. really have high hopes of them getting more playing time and actually be a lot more involved next season. And obviously, I mean, he has to kind of like show it on the field. We've done this before where we kind of like hopes that, you know, the next season is the season they're going to come through and stuff like that. You never know. But I feel like just watching him play. And if you notice anytime, you know, Klopp talks about him, yeah. uh, he always talks about, you know, Curtis's like confidence, like the way he carries himself, you know, yep. at practice when he first came over and stuff like that. I mean, anytime he talks about Curtis, it's always about the kid's confidence. And that's huge for his age to be able to kind of have that. And you can kind of tell in his game as well when he's in there, he's not like, oh, let me not make a mistake. He kind of like goes at it. You know, he, you know, he cranks up the shot if he sees the opening and stuff like that. So the way he plays, he kind of exhibits that confidence. So, I have huge hopes for that kid. I'm hoping he's going to be that midfield player that we need that has like an attacking ability and to create, but also like, you know, work hard defensively as well. I think, yeah, I mean, it's, I've been chatting with a few of them. I'm, I'm, I'm in a few chats. Obviously I have my, my Knoxville LSE crew and then I have my other mates that I talk football with or whatever. And we've been sort of discussing, things like Curtis Jones and this number thing and everything else. And uh, one of them mentioned that um, they kind of see a similar ceiling to Trent. And if he can have a, a similar sort of trajectory that Trent had, um, we're going to have some player on our hands. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid. Um, you know, the, we think about sort of in the past couple of years, there was a lot of talk about Woodburn. And that hasn't yes. really sort of come to pass. And here's the thing. He never really showed us anything for the first team in the chances he was given. Even the preseason stuff, he didn't do much. Whereas the difference with Curtis, even in the last couple of games, the game against Everton, the, the late goal, um, you know, that last game he came in, he looked great. Um, you know, that that's kind of the difference uh, in, someone, in hyping up someone like Woodburn or whatever. And, and I think... Harvey is going to be another one of those players we'll probably see a lot more of next year. And I think a lot of people are expecting so much from the kid. Um, and I think Klopp's doing a very good job of actually protecting him, um, uh, which actually leads me on to that other post from a couple of days ago. Somebody making fun of him for not getting a medal. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Man. And his reply to that just shows the kid's maturity and, and sort of where his mindset is at. You know, um, that it's not necessarily about that medal right now for him 
And I think, I mean, for these kids, it's a matter of a little bit of luck is what you need sometimes to, I mean, to be able to get to opportunity. I mean, you know, Trent, I think Klein was injured at the time, right? So he yeah. kind of got like thrown in there. Klein and Gomez. Yeah. So he was, you know, to be able to get that opportunity, sometimes it does take the misfortune of a few others. So you get that opportunity. I mean, you know, for like Curtis and um, like Harvey, I mean, for them to get the chance to be able to play, I mean, let's face it, in some ways, record be damned, these last four weeks were probably a perfect opportunity for that. And we might still see it in the last week and stuff, but um, it could go back to what you're talking about in terms of protecting the kid too. And I find it odd that there is a lot more hype, if you will, about Harvey than there is on Curtis, even though I feel like Curtis is a... I mean, I know, you know, the youth of Harvey, how young he is and how good he is for his age, obviously kind of like makes us drool like what, what could it be another like three years kind of thing but I feel like Curtis has shown so much more I'm kind of amazed that he does not get for some reason as much hype or at least I don't hear it as much on him I think the difference being is is Curtis come up through the academy um and Harvey when we picked up Harvey and even for the year before Harvey was probably one of the most probably like the hottest prospect. If we put it into American terms, I mean, he would have been draft pick number one if we had a drafting system in, a, in England for the football. Harvey would have been one of the first, one of the first picks easily. Um, yeah, so, so ready, as they would say in college football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the level this kid is at and putting it into, into terms that a lot of people can understand. That's why there's so much hype around Harvey, you know, um, I'm just hoping he doesn't turn out to be a Tim Tebow, <laughs> you know? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, but just by the way the kid holds himself and, uh, and everything else and just, he will get chances, you know, um, as, as things go on and how next season goes on, he, he'll definitely get chances. And we're going to be hitting on all fronts next year again with the Champions League again and all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be an opportunity. And I think, you know, we talked about it last time. I mean, the, the five sub system yeah. next season will be a huge opportunity for these kids. So, I mean, even if it is five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, it's a lot more, you know, Premier League experience that's going to be like valuable. So if nothing else, I expect them to get more minutes and more playing time that way. I mean, obviously like the League Cup or whatever it is called at that time is one thing. Uh, but, you know, you want to see these kids kind of like, you know, go against the Burnley or something like that, yeah, and exactly. like show you know what they have. You want to, yeah, you want to, you want to give them a proper test, yeah, um, and to see if they're actually up to this standard, because you can put them out against Rotherham on a Tuesday night in the League Cup, you know. But you know these guys are League One, League Two level, you know, and they're not, and they're going to be up for it that night. But at the end of the day, they're not Premier League level players. It's not Chelsea. It's not Arsenal, it's not Spurs, it's not United, it's not. It's definitely not City. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you're going to get a similar game against Burnley as you would against Rotherham probably. You know, they're going to sit back and you're going to have to fight for it. Yeah, exactly. They're not that, that world-class level, you know, that's in the Premier League with every team. You know, every team has at least one or two world-class level footballers. Um, some have... 25 world-class level, you know, level footballers. Um, and sometimes you have to compete with that. But you're not going get, to get that against Rotherham. Even on their best night, their best player is not going to be on the same level. 
And, and I um, think it's good for their confidence as well. I mean, like you're yeah. saying, I mean, when they're doing, even if you do really well in a League Cup game, I mean, it might give you some confidence, but you're still going to be like, you know, I got to do this in the next level. I got to do this in the next level. So yeah. uh, being able to get, you know, like I say, five, 10 minutes and, you know, put in a good shift, so like even if it's short, is like a huge confidence booster. And even if it is not good, it's a huge learning experience because yeah. now you know, you know, the speed of the game or whatever, the, you know, the physicality or whatever compared to, you know, what you normally play. But I mean, obviously practicing with the, you know, the boys alone is probably a great experience for these guys to get ready. I mean, you're going against, you know, you're going against Van Dyke, you're going against Genie and all these guys, you know, like, so like I said, I mean, in terms of, you know, like we always talk about transfers and how much money is going to be spent or lack thereof and stuff like that. I mean, this youth, I know there's always, like you mentioned Woodburn. I mean, he was like one that was like the next Coutinho, who needs Coutinho? And, but you know, so, I feel like this is the first time we've had four or five players that are really young and we're really hopeful on, as opposed to just having, you know, like putting all your eggs in basket of like one young kid sitting at the end yeah. of the bench. I mean, you have Brewster coming back, you have Curtis, yep. Harvey, Nico. Um, I mean, Sep. yep, Sep. So that's what's exciting, I think, in like the, the long run in seeing yeah. like the progression of these kids. Well, I think as well, even when you look at the likes of um, Kane and Glatzel and that being a, being brought up to the first team, and it, it almost kind of reminds me a little bit of like um, that sort of Julia Evans era of sort of Owen, Farler, McManaman, yep, yep. Stevie G, um, Jimmy Carragher, all those guys coming through. And it, it's almost it's almost of a similar kind of vibe of the excitement around these players coming through and the level they're coming through at. Um, and, and I think it really stands us in good stead. Um, and, and especially like looking at the transfer market, I'm seeing a lot of people complaining today. Again, um, oh, was FSG counting uh, Curtis as a new sign-in? And all that? Like, I mean, come on. Can we get off this FSG hate wagon that people are on, it just... It's like, what is it going to take for, guys? <laughs> man, like, like, what are these guys got to do to win you over? They broke the world record for a goalkeeper. They broke the world record for a defender. They've won us the Champions League. They've won us the league after 30 years. Brought us the greatest manager to set foot on English soil since Paisley and Shanks. Like, you know, come on. What else do they have to do other than, like, give you a million quid and... and tell you to shut up <laughs> i don't know if it is just you know too much fifa playing too much football manager or Probably. you know seeing these other teams spend but for god's sakes you know like sit back and say so what they have what have they done i mean they've spent all this money you know you look at united you look at like arsenal and stuff like that you know and what have they done with it i mean it's if it was just about spending money yeah, likely it would be a lot easier. You could pull a couple of shady stuff like City. But, I mean, that's why, you know, when everybody talks about City and obviously, you know, like they cheated and all that kind of stuff. But when – and they've overspent on a lot of players, obviously. <laughs> but at least they made it pay off. Whereas, you know, yeah. you look at like teams like United, Arsenal, like who regularly spend this money. Even like Yeah, Tottenham. it's going downhill. You know, so it's a matter of like investing smart. And like you're saying, there were a couple of players where we spent a ton of money – because we knew they were a lock. It yep. was going to work like Alisson and Van Dyke. But then the other players around them are not as big of signings, but it's like the correct right signings with good value that maybe, 
I mean, who get excited uh, when we signed Robertson? I wasn't. I mean, who was? Unless you're, you know, hardcore Scotland fan, <laughs> constantly watching a Hall City game. But I mean, you know, nobody was excited about the guy turned out to be the best left back in the league. So. I was, I was super intrigued by that because I'd seen how impressive he'd been for Hull, and I was like, I wonder is one of the, is he one of these players? If you put him in the right team, he's going to be, you know. So I, I, I'd reserve judgment though because obviously I was skeptical. But he was the one standout player in that whole team. In the same way, when we signed Genie, Genie was the one standout player on that Newcastle team that went down. Um, but I think when you spend the money, like it's almost like the expectations automatically come with it, and vice versa. Like when we do a signing, like if we do somebody like over summer, I'm sure we'll have one or two signings, but they won't be anything major, is my guess at the moment. Yeah, you know the expectations are not that much. Um, and then, you know, if it turns out to be great value, it turns out to be great value. Whereas if you spend a fortune and sign somebody, they better perform. And that's not good on the player either. Yeah. And I mean, the way this team is, this team was steamrolling the entire league. That city team that everybody, you know, is like the best team ever. And, you know, everything, we crushed them like 20 points ahead of them. I mean, how good do you have to be to be able to do that? And still bitch about like FSG and, you know, like not that spending money. They're doing something right. Just let them freaking do it. And I think it's just people are spoiled. People have just been spoiled so much by this team over the past two years. Uh, just winning everything and just winning all the time that people are so used to winning that they forgot what it was like to lose. And then, you know... It, That's true. That's true. And... And then when we do lose, it's like, oh my God. And, and I think it's maybe a fear. Maybe it's a fear that we're going to fall back into pre-Klopp, pre-FSG days or something. Um, because we did. We had it all. We were the kings of Europe. We were top of the mountain. And then when the Premier League arrived, it all came crumbling down. Um, and we were, we were the has-beens of the league, so to speak. And we still pop up now and again and win an FA Cup or you know, the Champions League or whatever, have a run in the Champions League. But we were never that force, you know what I mean, that we were in the, sort of the 80s and 90, early 90s. And now we're back to being that force. And it's kind of like, are we going to lose it all again like we did last time? And I think that's maybe a fear in some people. Then there's just other people that are spoiled brats that come into the team and don't know what it's actually like to lose, have never been a fan of the team when they've lost. They don't know who Brendan Rodgers is. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know who Roy Hodges is. They, Even worse, yeah. <laughs> you know, they think Phil Thompson is is a guy who talks on Sky Sports. You know, they don't know that he used to manage the club. You know, so it's, um, you know, so there's a lot of those things. Um, again, and I think um, we were talking previously about one of our new contributors, Jeff, Jeff Cutler, uh, one, one of the new pieces up on the site. Uh, Jeff's a new soccer fan. Um, he's, he's sort of a little bit green when it comes to the game, but he's learning. And, uh, and we thought it would be a great idea um, to bring him on and, uh, and have that kind of perspective. Perspe yeah, I can nearly speak perspective um, of a New Year fan and what it's like to be a New Year fan. So if you're interested in that kind of thing and you're a New Year fan, um, hit up AmericanScouser.com and ch check out Jeff Cutler's um, article. I can't remember the name of it. To mention, you probably remember better than me. I, I mean, he's basically writes about, and I think that's what I love about Jeff is he's very honest about the fact that he's totally new to this. I mean, including the sport and the team. And, you know, like he has a couple of friends that kind of like basically, 
maiden the Liverpool fan that he is now. <laughs> and he's kind of learning. And it's kind of interesting as you read the things he writes that like some of the things that we take for granted is very new to him. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of like what I find, you know, his piece is so interesting is because as you read him, you're like, yeah, that's odd because that's really new. Because, I mean, you can never tell, you know, what's new to a fan uh, of the club or the sport in general, even when, you know, we've had a, let's face it, like you and I, all our lives, we know nothing but. Yeah. So it's kind of like an interesting perspective to get that from Jeff. And yeah, I mean, it's... It's odd, and I think you're probably right. I mean, there are some people that think, I mean, yeah, they win all the time. What? I mean, if they, they're like they, you know, they tie the game. What the hell? What is going on and stuff like that? So, but part of it, I think, as you mentioned as well, is kind of being spoiled over the last couple of years. And you know, you have this lead, and you look back. And these people are like spending money, trying to catch up to you, for God's sakes. I mean, that's why they're spending money. They're trying to catch up a huge gap. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, yeah, that maybe that is that panic or paranoia about, I mean, I'll be honest, and you know me and, you know, our listeners know me. I'm not the most optimistic guy. I mean, I was not sure of the title until, you know, we were way ahead. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's part of that built-in paranoia and worry that, you know, these guys can catch up. But I think the gap when we're on our game and we will be again, you know, when the season starts and the concentration is back to what it should be, uh, we're way ahead of them that, you know, unless they hit the nail on the head, every signing they do, there's yeah. still a huge gap to close down. I mean, people are worried about United because they're beating up on all these like teams that are in the bottom of the league. Yeah. And then obviously then you see them yesterday. So it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> just relax. Uh, look, at, I mean, if you're ever in doubt, look at the point table and kind of like see where everybody's at and say, yes, this is we're this far ahead of the rest. Well, I think we have something. And I mean, we've, we've also spent money. There's no, there's no, Oh, yeah. that we spent money but we've been smart about it and we've done it you know we, we've we've sort of leveled out on our you know plus minus and all that kind of stuff but we have something that that money can't buy there's a there's a cohesion with this team with this manager the setup the way everything is at the minute that that money just can't buy um and you know city can can spend as much money on players as they want they, they can't you can't buy a, that kind of team cohesion that's something you just have to work on. Um, you, you can't buy it. So uh, I think that's what sets us apart. That, you know, if we need to spend the money, we could spend it. Do you know what I mean? We don't need to. So why do it? Why be City? Why be Chelsea? Why go out and just buy these players just for the sake of having them? You know, and then you lose. We talked about in the, love, the last podcast about Sheffield United. You know, they're so successful as a smaller club because they have that team cohesion. If they go out and start spending lots of money on all these big name players, they're going to lose that. You know, that's going to change the dynamic of how that club is and, and how it is, how it goes out onto the pitch every week. Um, and the same with us. We don't need to go out and spend all these, you know, 60 million on a guy that's going to sit on the bench most of the season. And that's the thing. When the team is this good, I mean, if you're really looking to buy somebody that's going to, you know, take the place of somebody on this team right now, you're talking a lot of money. And most of those players, they want that guaranteed spot. You're not going to get a winger that's, you know, going to be like, yeah, I should be able to knock money out of the, you know, or Salah. I mean, nobody's going to come with that. So like I say, that's why I'm expecting a couple of like smaller signings, probably like, you know, younger players that these guys feel that will fit into our system. They can develop them and get what we need out of them. 
And at this point, they have earned our trust. So just let them do yep. their thing. Exactly. Chill out. You know? Um, but but let, me, let me ask you this, because I know we talked about it on the last podcast. Uh, did you see Genie's post uh, yes. on, I think, Instagram? And we were talking about, like, who would be the player to leave. Uh, and when I first saw that, that's the first thing I thought I was, like, last pod when we were talking about that. So what do you think of that? Is he, are we gonna, is he the player we're going to lose? Is that why all these Thiago you know, rumors are floating around? So, so my, mate, my mate Love Lady back in, in Liverpool um, had sent me that because obviously they're five hours ahead. And um, I usually wake up to a barrage of messages from, from my mates back home um, with all this news. And then I share it with you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, and he was the one that sort of posted it to me and said, does this feel like goodbye? And I was like, you know what, man? Fuck, you're right. It, it, it kind of does. There's a kind of bittersweet feeling to it. Um, almost as if him saying, you know what? I've accomplished all I needed to accomplish. He seems to me to be an, an ambitious player. Um, and, and he has other things he wants to do. And he's won the Champions League. He's won the World Club, the FIFA World Club, the Super Cup, and the league. You know, the four big ones um, with um, with us. Um, is there really anything else for him to accomplish at Liverpool? You know? Um, so I can understand maybe he wants a fresh challenge, and I wouldn't deny him that in any way, shape, or form. I've been a huge fan of Gini Wijnaldum from the minute he, he set foot in English football. Um, I, when he played for Newcastle, uh, he was in pretty much every fantasy team I had. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for that season. Um, you know, because I remember captaining him the day he scored the four goals. And I was like, this guy's going to be amazing. And, <laughs> um, and then we signed him and I was like, um, actually, love lady and the guys, I was, I was chatting about that other guy, Dan. He actually going to write that article that I spoke about in the last one, the conspiracy theory, theory about Gomez and Fabinho. So we'll be getting that soon. That'll be fun. Um, but they were saying, well, we don't know. We don't know. And I said, look, this guy's got something that other people just can't bring. And, and it's true. You know, um, his ability to shield the ball and do what he does. Um, I, I don't think there's a better player than him in that. I haven't seen any player protect the ball as well as that guy does. It's, I mean, it's the way crazy. he uses his body and shields the ball is just freaking unreal. Um, kind of like... There's only one player I, I, I can kind of remember being that good at shielding the ball. Pains me to say it because he was a United player. It was Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes uh, was yeah. phenomenal at shielding the ball. Um, uh, and Genie's kind of the same, but he's a bit more... I mean, Mark Hughes was a start, like was kind of sh- like a shack build. Um, whereas Genie is deceptively tall. Um, when you see him on the pitch, he doesn't look that big. But the guy's like six foot two. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he's bigger yeah. than you think. He just... I don't know what it's just maybe how he moves across the pitch. Um, he kind of glides. Um, and for for a bigger like he's the same height as Joe Gomez. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean same thing with Hendo. I think our midfield is actually a lot bigger than you know you would think, or yeah. you know the way they play. I should say. Yeah, you know. So, um, and, and I think that's something that kind of helps them as well. It, it, it's deceptive. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what would it be? I, I mean, my initial, when we talked about it, like I say, is, I mean, my assumption, obviously, we don't know, is because he does want to play a more attacking midfielder role, uh, similar to what he does for the national team. I mean, unless it is a matter of, you know, moving somewhere else or something like that, I just uh, don't see why he would feel like, you know, it would be a challenge. Or where would he go 
that you would think, you know what? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That was my thing. Like, I could not come up with a situation where he would be like, he's going to go there. Okay, yeah. well, I kind of understand that. I Unless, don't... you know, he's in a, like, a let's get one big last money contract. Kind yeah. Of thing. I don't think I don't think he's a money motivated player. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But I mean, as far as that wanting to play a more attacking role, I don't understand that either. I, I don't get that. I mean, oh, that's yeah, just an assumption out of my I ass. Mean, <laughs> when he play when he plays in our midfield, he's usually the most advanced midfielder. Do you know what I mean? Uh, if yeah. you think about it, if it's him, Hendo, and Fabinho, he's the most advanced. And then there was that article that dropped. Was it this morning or yesterday? Uh, the Pep Lenders. It was talking about uh, after the the Barcelona game in Barcelona where Genie played uh, Bobby's role. And after the game, he walked over and he said to Bobby, I- I'm paraphrasing here. I'm going to speak in my language. How the fuck can you play that role? So easy. Like, what the hell? How do you do that? He couldn't believe like the amount of work that Bobby actually does, you know? So, I mean, again, that doesn't make sense to me either. He doesn't strike me as that kind of arrogant kind of player. Um, but I could maybe, you know what? I could see him at somewhere like Barcelona. That kind of vibe, you know, um, at one of those bigger clubs. And again, for Dutch players and going through, there's a there's a great history of of Dutch players going through the yeah, Barcelona system. You know, that's a good shot, uh, actually. Yeah. You know, um, Koeman, all those guys. So, um, or maybe even the Italy. You know, maybe Milan or back to Holland. Maybe he wants to go home. I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't deny him, but. Um, I actually think Curtis would be the natural replacement for him. I don't think if we did buy Thiago um, that he would be the replacement for Genie. I think Curtis would be the replacement for Genie um, and, and Thiago would be bringing something else uh, to that midfield. You know, uh, it would be a different option. And I think I don't know if it would be a scenario. I mean, we're planning like we already got the guy and all this is said and done. Yeah. But, you know, if I had that squad, I, I almost would feel like maybe Hendo would be the one pushed even further. And, you know, you would have Thiago and Fabinho in midfield. Or, you know, if you change the formation and where you had like two defensive midfielders and things yeah. like that, obviously gives you like a variation there. But I mean, yeah, it's just like a rumor. Bill. But when I saw that post from Genie, that was the first thing that popped in my head because it did sound more like a thanks for the memories kind of a post. Yeah. And, you know, with the rumors floating in the background, even though, you know, like kind of like the club denies it, I was like, I wonder if they're somehow related. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him being, whether they were going to offer him a new contract or not. And people have been talking about that since Christmas, you know? So since there was the, even a, wasn't there like a clip or something like that at one point where Genie's coming on the field and he's telling everybody, or the assumption was he was telling yeah. everybody that the contract deal was yeah, done. he was like, he I went can't like remember that. when that was, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. That, was, that, was, that was way back, that was way back, right? Uh, I think was that was, like, a, I think that was when the players first started coming back or first started locking down. It was sometime around that kind of, I remember it being that kind of period, uh, when they were like talking about that. But, yeah, um, and the assumption was, oh, it's going to be announced any day. He told the guys yeah. at practice that it's a done deal. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that gives you an idea. So maybe, you know, he's like, you know, maybe they did offer him a contract, but they just didn't make it public because he was like, you know what? I've done what I need to do here. Uh, it's time for me to move on, you know? Um, like I said, fair play to him. But that, that's what I mean. They, like, as far as player, and then there's the talk of he who shall not be named shipping out for $9 million. Um, your your buddy, 
my good friend. I thought nine million was kind of low for him. Uh, yeah, I know I you mean, probably think we should give him away, but I thought nine million was kind of low for him. Here's the thing. Uh, I, I, that's just a little personal grip I have with the guy. <laughs> in, in general, uh, he's not actually a bad footballer at all. He just He's just prone to accident um, and just at the wrong times. He, he kind of flusters under pressure. And at a team at our level, he, he just can't. You know, uh, Lovren, I think, would do so well um, in the German or yeah, Italian, even in the in the, the Spanish leagues. He, he would be a great player in those leagues. He's a good leagues. player. You know, I, I, um, honestly, I mean, obviously, your opinion is a lot lower than how I view him. I mean, is he like, why? but for a number four center back, if your fourth center back is Lovren, you're doing pretty darn good, in my opinion. Exactly. I think, like, who are you going to sign for nine to be able to replace Lawrence when, when he comes in, when Matip is injured again or something like that, yeah. that you're going to be like, oh, this is a lot better than Lawrence over here. I mean, you're either going to spend a lot more money and sign somebody or, you know, you're going to have like somebody young over there, which is not going to give you as much confidence. So I kind of expected us to get more out of the deal, especially when the rumors came out that, you know, you know, with the extension and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I hope there's a good replacement in mind. I would think if we're doing the deal, there is. But yeah, well, there we go. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to talk about. I mean, obviously the game on Wednesday or whatever trophies. Um, and the so what is Henderson going to wear to the game? What's Henderson going to wear? Yeah. Does he come up with a full kit over there? Does he, no, does he, does he go full John Terry? Put in a tie and does the shuffle, or how does that work? Does he do the full John Terry and come out <laughs> with the gym pads and everything on? Full kit wanker. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he'll maybe just come out this training gear, or he'll maybe have the, the 1920 Champions jersey on or something. Um, yeah, that's or, that could be a good one. You know, um, something like that. So that's going to be interesting. Kenny's handing over the trophy. I'm sure. Uh, our old friend Jerry Marsden will make an appearance to, to sing You'll Never Walk Alone and uh, there'll be some kind of mad laser and light show to go along with it, which will be, uh, which will be fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's just a shame that you know everybody can't be together to do it. Yeah, so, I know. Um, it really takes away from it, but... I, I would say when we eventually can all get back together, that's going to be one hell of a party. One moment next year, we'll do it then. Yeah. Um, actually, just uh, some other news dropping today there. I just saw... Um, some information Nathan Ake to City apparently uh, I was hoping um, we would be able to snatch him but no, I don't know I, how much I, his price tag is going to be yeah I mean I don't know again you were saying what can we pick up to replace Lovren is Nathan Ake any better than Jason Lovren I, I don't I think, think so well I mean just the youth alone and well, the, the youth thing that yeah. he comes with a clean slate I think makes a big difference so that sure. when he goes out there the entire stadium is not like oh, when is the mistake gonna happen <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean he just like, kind of like starts with a clean slate which I think automatically you know makes him better uh, yeah I, whatever well he'll go to City and sit on the bench for most of the season um, whatever um, but yeah, also other news, uh, the Ballon d'Or announced today that they won't be handing out a trophy this year. Um, I think, make of that what you will. Um, I'm very much in the court that fucked the Ballon d'Or. Um, they haven't got a clue. Um, it's been a farce of an award for the past how many years. And I think the fact that Robert Lewandowski, in my mind, uh, was running away with that trophy this year. And so, a yeah. French football magazine giving a Polish footballer from the Bundesliga this trophy. 
yeah, I get, you know, they just about got away with it with Modric because it was Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> but um, I know they really pushed their luck there by itself. Yeah, so. you know, because there's massive bias towards those two clubs in Europe. It's crazy. And especially, especially from France um, and that magazine in particular. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what will happen if, uh, if FIFA still do theirs. I hope FIFA still do theirs because I think the FIFA, the FIFA one is a bit more important. Uh, at this you stage. would think they would almost have to, and I—I I mean, apart from the French league, everything else is going on. So I mean, like, it's, yeah. like I agree with you. I don't put a lot of stock in it, and I mean, it was probably going to be messy somehow. They would find a way to give it to him anyway. So, so those two guys retired. I don't know if anybody else is going to be winning it. So, um, yeah, I—I I, I saw that this morning, and I was like, eh, whatever. So. <laughs> I know, yeah. like some people were. I mean, Lewandowski, I think would be would have been my pick as well. I mean, just the season yeah. he's had, and I mean, he's probably like the one that's most deserving. But uh, I think some people were like, you know, thinking like maybe like Mane or somebody would be in the running for it, and they would probably be in the running for it. But you would think Lewandowski would be the one to win it. Yeah, yeah it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's just it's it is what it is. That these awards, those awards, mean nothing really. Um, you know. Um, it's the trophies and things like the one we're picking up on Wednesday that mean the most. So uh, <laughs> I really can't wait for that. Um, yeah, so um, I'll say we'll wrap it up. Uh, don't forget to check out AmericanSkyShirt.com. Uh, there's some really great articles up there at the minute. We also we talked about Jeff's there. Um, check out uh, the American Gerard, um, his movie, um, his oh, movie man, article. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it was just absolute genius. Some of it I'm like, ah, but yeah, man, uh, that's a lot of fun. If you want to get in on that, uh, get on it and get in on the conversation um, over on our Facebook page. Uh, you can also get in on the Facebook group conversation, LFC America. Um, if you want to get into some arguments with people, that's the place to do it. And uh, yeah, um, check us out, Instagram, Twitter, at American Scouser blog uh, on there. Um, you can interact with uh, a lot of us guys through there. Um, and yeah um, we'll be back again on Friday uh, to talk about the Chelsea game and picking up the trophy and, uh, and a little bit about the, the Newcastle game on Sunday uh, and then I don't know if there's anything else Tim No man let's just get this trophy like I say it would be a lot more special if that stadium was full but I just want to see Henderson lift that damn thing <laughs> Yeah man I completely agree Don't forget folks uh, turn on, tune in cop out with the American Special Podcast